0: Welcome back to Innovation Big and Small. Hi there, Jim. Hi, Squirrel. How are you today? I am okay. It's kind of late here, but I'm I'm making it through. What's on well, your mind for today? Well, you know, I've been wondering about something,
1: a difference between large and small companies, and I have this impression uh, about it that I'd like to test with you. So it's the decision to bet to win. Some people might call it the scale decision, but it's once you've proven something that it works, that it Customers are buying it; it's profitable. Uh, now you have to make a decision: Do you, you know, invest in a sort of uh, aggressive way to win and take the market, or do you invest in a way that minimizes uh, the risk of it? And my impression has always been that in large companies, there's a risk aversion that tends to cause you to grow slowly and to not take the risk of a big, you know, dip in earnings in order to invest in the growth in many companies. But I always thought startups, man, they, uh, once they've proven it, the VCs are gonna go all in. Is that a, is that a good impression or?
0: Uh, well, it's it's true of a percentage of, of startups, but there's really, I would think three, I'm, I'm think as I was thinking, as you were describing it, there are three kind of flavors. There's one the, uh, where the founders and the VCs are just totally committed to uh, going as fast as possible. And there's never a scale decision. The company has been built to scale from the beginning. The, uh, it's as if you climbed into the, the car, you hit the accelerator, and you just kept it pressed to the floor until you go off the cliff or until you get wherever you're going. And there are startups that are just built to go as fast as humanly possible and uh, never never mind horses, just go. And then there are other startups... And these ones typically don't have very much VC backing. They might have angel backing. And those ones are built to um, uh, to function, and uh, often they will become profitable. And they're a really interesting kind of subset of the the businesses that I see because they don't they aren't driven by funding. They aren't, they're the opposite, polar opposite of that kind of hit the accelerator and go as fast as possible. But they don't have a a big growth horizon. They're not really trying to make their business huge. They're content to grow a little bit, maybe, maybe stay the same size, um, provide a good living, function well, be happy. Uh, But there there isn't that drive to become huge. And that's a very different DNA for a company to have. And the profitable businesses, uh, startups I've been in are, are very few. But they they have a very interesting characteristic to them. They are more, they aren't conservative, but they just aren't uh, pushing the boundaries. Uh, and then there's the ones in the middle who uh, kind of got started. Some of them got started by accident. They didn't really mean to start a company. And suddenly they say, "How? Did, what do I do now? And some of them were built, but quite speculatively. So the founder didn't have the notion, this is going to be the biggest thing ever. This is going to be the next Facebook. Go, go, go. And isn't saying, well, gee, let's make this profitable. And, and that's where I'm trying to go. And those are the ones I think you're thinking of where there really is a scale decision. And in those cases, what I see is usually the, the scale decision is made um, uh, by happenstance, by, by luck. It's not very carefully planned out. Certainly nobody's building stage gates and, and careful business models and so on. Uh, the startup is just frantically uh, experimenting, trying to learn before it dies, and uh, then hits something that kind of um, uh, really takes off, that, that shows some, some legs and some opportunity to grow. And the scale decision, decision is almost made for the startup. It's when the the revenue stops being a, a straight line and starts curving upward, and that's the point at which the VCs pour in more money. The company um, decides to grow very fast, and and often when they hire me, that's good
1: because it all goes yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, a lot can go wrong at that point. I, I think what there probably are a couple of types inside corporate uh, settings too. I've, I've been in corporations where Uh, An idea has been brought to the point, it's really been proven, it does have a customer base, it can be profitable. Uh, You know, there's still a lot of risks associated with it. But uh, the idea is to build different business cases. And one of them usually is the one that you don't have to invest anything, it's somehow going to fund itself. Well, that minimizes your growth and almost dooms the thing to failure. Another, which is uh, a more aggressive one, but then some executive needs to say, look, I'm going to stand behind the near-term losses and let that go. But I rarely have seen inside large companies, uh, you know, that sort of bet, we have something, let's make it into something big, with the exception of when the strategy involves M&A. If someone feels like we've got it and, hey, this would work perfectly with an acquisition strategy, let's combine the two and, uh, and really grow. So that's kind of a, a different thing. It's it's just a uh, it's kind of a frustration because it's the large companies that often need a new avenue of growth that are most reluctant to take their big advantage, which is, you know, access to capital and use it for that growth.
0: Yeah, and it just doesn't match the risk profile that the that the large company has. It does match the risk profile for the VCs, but they're they're usually. Um... Uh, not, not nearly so disciplined as the uh, the large company. They just say, well, let's see if we can make this work. Um, Part of that also is this philosophy we've talked about before that the VCs have that um, they really don't care if nine out of 10 of their startups fail. And um, the Europeans are a bit more cautious. They might say, we don't care if eight out of 10 fail, but they're still very risk friendly um, in terms of the success of the business. They're perfectly happy if eight of them fail and one of them is big. And, um, uh that that's one of the things that i think really makes the difference is uh that the vcs just are are pushing the accelerator to the floor they're just pushing hard it's usually the founders saying whoa whoa, whoa, let's actually understand the risks here and, and try to scale in a in a sustainable way
1: i guess the flip side of it is the vcs are also ones where they see uh, they have the impression this isn't going to work that they'll cut the funding off boom mm-hmm. that's it uh so whereas uh Money inside corporations may be more patient, sometimes too yes. patient, but sometimes just patient enough. And uh, yes. so that's an advantage. So pluses and minuses for both.
0: That's a very good point. Yeah, the the uh, the founder is um, usually uh, pushing very hard. Uh, the VC's are pushing very hard, um, and then they'll they'll throw in the towel. They just what'll actually happen is they won't be able to raise the next round. So nobody will uh, will pull funding. The, the the money still remains in the bank until the startup runs out of it. But at some point, they just say, "Look, we can we can't raise any more. This this one has died." Yeah, and, uh, that's uh, that's usually how they how they go, but um, the scaling decision, the decision to, uh, to actually grow bigger, usually is already made for the startup there. But I think in the big company there there be some stage gate meeting or some uh, criteria and business model planning and so on. Is that right? Yeah, I mean there will be, uh, you know, by then you'll have been through
1: all the stage gates, and now it's really more of a political process. As well as an analytic process, so it's a it's one where can you build support for the idea? Uh, you know, you may have to do different analytics for different stakeholders who might make the decision. You know, it's, it's very frequently the case that you'll put together multiple scenarios and defend them. It's often the case that they'll get a third party to either vet those scenarios or put together their own financials. So there's a it, and those play out as part of a, a cautious mindset, and people just. Want to make sure that they're if they're going to make a bet, it's a big bet, and then generally, it'll be either the minimal loss case or the uh, you know the minor investment case, not the bet to win that wins out in the end. God, and I, I, I'm sure that's not the case in a company like Amazon, where once they prove something out, they blow it out across the uh, the network, and they do experiments all the time. I think that's sort of the archetype of what the future company is going to have to look like, uh, because it's becoming less, it's less possible for a company to sustain itself with its own core business for very, very long periods of
0: time. Exactly. We don't have, we don't have hundred year businesses anymore. Exactly. And I, I did think of one way that there, there is kind of a scaling decision. And it was uh, when you were describing kind of uh, which, which model they'd use. Cause I described three. It's so kind of stay profitable. So you never make a scaling decision. Just go, go, go all the way, there's never a decision because the, you are always trying to get there. And then there's some moment, a large portion of them in the middle. It sounds like the, um, the, the big company would, would not have that go, go, go mentality and would not in that middle um, stage kind of take that big risk. There's, there's a, a, an interesting analog of the political discussion and the, the decision about whether to make a minor investment or drop it or, or something else which is this is usually series b sometimes it's series a but it's it's the fundraising round and the question is how much can the startup raise to to make the next uh growth phase happen so it's almost not a decision that the and i was kind of tricking myself there it's not a decision the company makes it's a decision the market makes ah, and i don't know if that's i don't know if that's actually better <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. it is uh because it's not it's not often very rational um uh, but at least it, is, it does have a third party involved, and when, when he said, you know, you get a third party involved, I was imagining, well, that's the next investor, that's the B-round investor who is thinking larger, and that B-round investor um, will do due diligence, I'm often involved at that stage, uh, to, to do due diligence for the, the, the VC, um, they'll uh, really test the business model to their degree of certainty, nothing like what a big company would do. But uh, And they'll also measure it against other opportunities they have, which is where I think actually the the measurement happens. And the big company, I suspect, doesn't do that as much of that portfolio management, whereas the VC at Series B round is saying, well, can this really go? And am I going to sink the money in? The founder has usually already decided I want to go for a bigger uh, growth. I I don't want to be just a, a profitable business or make a minor investment and grow slowly. I do want to. But the decision is made by the market. It's the, the B, the Series B investor who says, yep, or no. And if it's no, then startup usually just fails. Yeah, very interesting.
1: Good. Well, thank you very much. Very interesting contract
0: absolutely and just to summarize so we've got kind of three speeds um and or maybe four i think i heard there were four so there's kind of be profitable that that's always an option in a big company but um, may not happen so often doesn't happen so often in startups there's minor investment um doesn't happen very often in startups at all because you're either going to go big or go home or, or or stay profitable uh then there's um Make make a, uh, a big investment at the scaling decision moment. And then there's don't even bother making a decision. Just go as fast as you can all the way through, which definitely does not happen in the big company. So I hope that model of three or four different options is helpful to listeners. Uh, we always enjoy figuring these things out. We're figuring them out on the podcast. So uh, glad you're you're listening to us and hearing us do it. If you'd like to get in touch, ask us questions, suggest a fifth model, something else, tell us we're all wet. You can find us uh, on the show notes, uh, Twitter, uh, our websites, other things are, are all there. And we like it when you hit subscribe in whatever app you're using, because then you can come and listen to us again next week when we come back again on Innovation Big and Small. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Squirrel.